Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of TV Channeling. I'm excited to be back. I am Tachi. And I am Kevin, and it is episode 11. We are, in the, we are moving deeper into the double digits, y'all. Deep in those double digits. DD, double digits. Yes. That, that, well, how are you doing? I Kevin? am doing great today, Tachi. How are you? Fantastic, fantastic. Guys, if you didn't hear our show, our Oscar special, you've got to listen to the Oscar special because there's a lot that we talk about that we want to share with you. So make sure you listen to that. Oh, yeah, it was a great show. So please check it out. So what is going on in the world of entertainment this week, Tachi? As as per usual, he gets right into it. No finessing, no foreplay. <laughs> Let's get into it. Again, the public needs their entertainment news now. Okay. Okay, fantastic. So, there are a couple of, of unfortunately, some deaths, some passings that we have to acknowledge. Remember the People's Court? Yes, I do. I heard, oh, I was so sad to hear about Judge Wapner. Yes, Judge Wapner passed away this past Sunday at the age of 97, though. He lived quite a life. He was almost 100 years old. Yeah, he had a he had a very long life and an incredible late life to start with. I mean, we first we first knew of him when he was a retired judge that was, you know, that came into television and in, you know, uh, later in life. Exactly, exactly. So, this is according to his son David Wapner, who said that he had been suffering from breathing problems and he passed away in his sleep. So, that's the best way to go. Oh, yes, if you have to choose, <laughs> if, if you've got to go, which I'm not convinced I have to go yet, but if I'm going to have to, yeah, I want to go in my sleep. Kevin thinks there's going to be an Android version <laughs> where he's half Kevin, half Android, so. I think, I think Cyborg Kevin would be, pre he'd be, first of all, he'd be a tireless co-host. Oh <laughs> he wouldn't have to actually write down notes. He would, his mind would be connected to Google at all times. He'd have, he could have access to every entertainment fact at all times. That would be a living nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Cyborg Kevin would be too much. <laughs> Okay, but we shouldn't laugh because I know another sad passing is really that was a really a shock. Tell us about that one time. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So the there were the other passing was Bill Paxson. This was the actor behind iconic roles in Aliens, Titanic, and Apollo thirteen. But he was really young. He passed away at the age of sixty one, and this was first reported by TMZ. Then, of course. We don't just rely on TMZ. It was later confirmed by people at Magazine and other outlets that he died after complications from surgery. So he had a string of hit films, as I said, Aliens and Twister. More recently, he was seen in Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He had a role in the upcoming, or he has a role, actually, in the upcoming Emma Watson and Tom Hanks Silicon Valley thriller called The Circle. And Paxson, this is a fun fact, was uh, one of only two actors to have been killed on screen by an alien, a predator, and a Terminator. <laughs> oh my God! But uh, also, you're uh, what I'm wondering. What's going to happen now is he's currently on a new show called Training Day. Yeah. So I wonder what's going to happen with that. If if the show will continue without him, um, if they'll recast or you know write his character off the show or or or, or not even continue. I don't know. And the thing I one of the things I remember him for um, a I love Twister. Twister is one of my favorite movies. I I would. If I'm ever flipping through channels and Twister is on, I'm if I start if I'm watching it like minute like five minutes into it, thirty minutes into it, I'm watching it from whenever I start till the end. I love watching that movie. It's always so it's, a, it's such a fun popcorn movie. And um, but I remember him from the HBO show Big Love. I loved yeah. that show. It was such an interesting, groundbreaking show, and such an incredible performance where he uh, was a man that had you know three wives. He was living a, a polygamous lifestyle, but trying to do it in a more modern way and dealing with his family and their ties to uh, a, a more uh, old-fashioned kind of Mormonism. And 
it was very compelling television. Absolutely, absolutely. That's another role that he's very well known for, for Big Love. So he's he will be really missed. And another thing is because it was so sudden. So oh, it was a complete well, shock. I don't know. At, at the Oscars, we didn't talk about this during our Oscar special, but Jennifer Aniston was genuinely broken up when uh, she introduced the In Memoriam and mentioned Bill Paxton because I guess he, his passing was so sudden that they didn't even have him in the montage. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Same thing happened with us from another award show, right? Where it just happened and it's like, wow, they had to write it in. So. Both Judge Wapner and Bill Paxton will be missed, and your contributions are well and heavily valued. So thank you to you both. Yeah. So let's move on. We know that television is not just television anymore. That includes foraying into the whole space of what was once movies or cinema. That's also online, like YouTube, platforms like live streaming, like Periscope, etc. So television is really big now. So we can't talk about television or media without talking about YouTube. They clocked a really staggering statistic late last year. So viewers on YouTube now consume 1 billion hours of videos every day. Yikes. That's huge. That's huge. And that's a big thing because that also means we know that YouTube has become this repository for the industry to go to to glean new talent, right? Yeah. So that makes YouTube even more important in the whole television game. So this is uh, according to the uh, report by the Wall Street Journal. So this is huge. And why is this? So they're attributing it to the, uh, since 2012, the development of AI or artificial intelligence where there is a video suggested for you. You know, every time you watch something, there's 10 million videos on the side that are suggested for you. So this is what they're attributing that growth to, that whole artificial intelligence thing of, you like this, it's kind of Amazon-ish. Those who bought this also bought that. <laughs> so that's what they're attributing it to. So yeah, look for more YouTube stars to be on TV. Well, the the artificial intelligence, oh, it seems to always think that I love uh, videos with uh kittens falling off of things and adorable babies laughing well so, don't you i'm not exactly sure what that uh says about what it what it thinks about me but it, it seems to think that i love laughing babies and and uh adorable kittens falling and off of stuff well that's just right up your alley <laughs> <laughs> don't hate on youtube i like those type of videos well, you know what? If someone can, uh, the trifecta would be if they could find a way to have a, a, a baby laughing while watching a kitten fall off of something. Then oh, that would be the best video of ever. <laughs> best video ever. So, so someone get to work on that. Exactly. That's your assignment. Find <laughs> it out. Work it out. <laughs> what, what's the next story, Tachi? Okay. So the next thing is those of you who have been watching NBC News and the Today Show, you will notice that Savannah Guthrie has been missing. And that's because she had a baby, her son, Charlie, on December 8th. And so she's been gone on maternity leave since then. Well, she was supposed to be returning to today on March 3rd. Instead, she came back this morning. So she's back a little bit early. Savannah Guthrie is Back spreading her joy like a month. No, not it's not a month. It's actually like a, a few a few days early because the third is next week. So she's like back a week early. Oh, please. She smelled Megan Fox in, in the in the hen house. She, she knew she needed to come back before she took over her time slot, too. Okay. Now, see, here you go. I was trying not to get messy, but here we go. So, <laughs> <laughs> you've been you've been unsuccessfully trying to not get messy since we've been doing this show, Tachi. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's not me. It's other folks saying this. So you know, sometimes the best story is in the comments at the bottom, and sometimes I, I detest reading the comments at the bottom of the story because there are so many people with uninformed rubbish opinions that it just doesn't make any sense. But at the bottom of the story that I scrolled down to. Where did I get this from? Um, ad week. So this was an ad week. Scroll down to the bottom. The people there tend to have pretty informed opinions. I mean, if you're reading ad week, yes. So that was what everybody was saying. That was the buzz social media wise that it's like, please, she smelled Megan, <laughs> Megan coming. Um, 
Megan Kelly coming, and she was trying to hurry up again because it seems like it's just one more week. You have one more week. Why are you rushing coming back? Uh, uh, Yeah, you better rush and come back because if you don't rush and come back, you will be the next Tamron Hall being shown the door and security will be helping you carry your boxes of your uh, your post-its out the door. So, yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Baby or not. In fact, I would have put, if if I had been her, I would have put that baby, one of those baby Bjorns on and been sitting right next to Matt Lauer with my baby doing the little bounce thing. Like, our next story is, yeah, you cannot let, no, don't let any daylight in between you and your job and Megyn Kelly because she will swoop in and she will be sitting next to Matt Lauer. And again, you will be at home Cooling your heels with uh, Tamron Hall. Thank you very much. No, that's all. That Megan Kelly coming in and shaking up and shaking down everything at NBC. So it's like no, but nobody's gonna miss a damn day of work once <laughs> she comes in because that's all you need for her to come in. And it's like, oh, well, such and such is sick today. Can you fill in? That's it. You're gone. Fired. Forget it. No, yeah, no. The only the only bright spot for Tamron Hall right now is that she has more time to listen to back episodes of TV channeling. There you go, Tamron. We love you, and we hope you listen. I'm gonna tag you on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> since I mean, since we're talking about Tamron, we might as well. Oh yeah. So let's talk about this. You no, know, I hate politics, but we can't avoid it because this particular administration. So loves and so detests media and television, we have to talk about it. The news from the White House is that the person in charge will not be attending the White House Correspondents Association dinner in April. So, yeah, he, he who shall not be named is not going to be him. attending me. Him. Voldemort will not be attending the White House <laughs> Correspondents <laughs> dinner. Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> Voldemort will sit home and wash his robes. Therefore... He shall not be attending. But, you know, even before that, even before there was a tweet, not surprisingly, but it was actually not a venomous tweet, although we don't know what the intent was, but it was not a venomous tweet where he said that he will not be attending. Uh, Good luck to everyone or hope everyone has a nice time. Something to that effect. No, he no, he didn't tweet that. Some underling or Kellyanne Conway is the one that if it's not venom filled, it was not tweeted by Voldemort. So, yeah, it was tweeted by somebody else. (laughs) So I need for no one else to have access to his Twitter account because that's just a little, I don't know, split. So some days it's good and some days it's bad. That's not cute. Well, you're going to have to get used to it because any the only time we're going to get something that's not hate-filled and <laughs> not hate-filled and dripping in venom is going to be when Kellyanne or somebody else gets a hold of that Twitter account and puts something out that sounds like a, a non-crazy person posted it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't get used to venom and hatred. Anyway, but you know what? <laughs> we at TV channeling have no political affiliation whatsoever. Uh, whatsoever. <laughs> we are Switzerland when it comes to <laughs> yeah. We are Switzerland when it comes to um uh, any kind of political stuff. And speaking of Switzerland, we are so sad about the horrible terrorist attacks that they recently suffered. Now, see, here we go making up stuff. It was Sweden. See, here we go. I am still getting I, I am getting the I have access to the same information that uh, Voldemort gets access to <laughs> so yes okay, sometimes it's a little bit jumbled sometimes it's a little bit confused here we go so okay so yes sorry to the people of Sweden slash Switzerland <laughs> oh, don't they both have great watches and chocolate I'll give you that alright okay. there so you I'll go it's you practically the same place Oh, God, it happens. <laughs> and Swedish contingency. Let me talk a little bit more about the uh, correspondence dinner. So it's not just he who is boycotting or, yeah, I'm calling it boycotting because that's basically what No, it it's clearly a boycott. It's clearly a boycott because he has a really contentious relationship with the media, which, sorry, you created. I don't know what you want, but there are people, there are correspondents and outlets that are actually skipping the correspondence dinner. 
my thing is, are you even going to have one? Does it make sense to have one now? Oh, well, I, I, I think that they're making a huge mistake, those that aren't going to attend. I think they need to attend, and I think that the whatever whoever comedian that's going to host it can just, you know what? There is, there's no holds bar. You go in, you go in hard, and you tear that Voldemort down. <laughs> just, just, I heard it coming. Just burn, burn the place down. Leave no one in the regime standing, and just bring it, bring it, and bring it hard. And um, I think it's a huge mistake not to not to attend because uh, the person who's supposed to be standing up uh, for uh, against Vladimir Putin is too thin-skinned and too cowardly to sit at the dais while somebody tells a couple of jokes about him. We here at TV Channeling have no (laughs) 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 Again, you're the one that that brought this up, Dodge. You made it into political channeling, but let's let's get back to... So just a couple more pieces about this. So Jeff Mason is the president of the White House Correspondents Association, and he said that the dinner is going to go on on April 29th as planned. So with or without you, what was the thing? Is, what is that saying? One monkey don't stop no show. That's it. Well, okay. well, I think, yeah, more one orangutan doesn't stop the show. But anyway, um, <laughs> but you know what, Tachi, now that there's going to be basically, my guess is if he's not attending, then Milani's not going to be attending either. So there's going to be two, uh, two empty chairs and two uh, free dinners available. So I don't know, maybe with your connections, you could basically hook us up and we could be sitting on the dance uh, like, uh, you know, totally kiki during the whole festivities so uh see if you can make that happen you're absolutely right what would what would, what would melanoma do there <laughs> did you say uh, melanoma <laughs> i did <laughs> what would she do there without him that would be a useless exercise in futility so yeah that's perfect for us Oh, I, I would have so much fun at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Just can you, the people that got to go to the last one uh, uh, of Barack Obama's when he did the mic drop, that, oh my God, I would have given anything to be at the last one. That must have been an incredible moment. Absolutely, absolutely. So a, a few more pieces of news, and I know there's a piece of news you really want to talk about, so I'm trying to get there. So there are, let's talk about Let's talk about the fact that ooh, who do you did you ever watch Mystery Science Theater three thousand? Um, yes. Oh, okay. So anybody you, who loves sci anybody who loves science fiction, you'd be crazy not to have been a fan of that show. I loved that show. Okay, it was just quirky and hilarious. They showed these old science fiction films, probably in public domain, so they didn't have to pay for rights. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious, hilarious, hilarious. Well, Mystery Science Theater 3000 is back. So they had a Kickstarter campaign to raise money to bring the show back. They raised more than $5.7 million on Kickstarter. Wow. And yeah, and they're gonna make, it's going to make its return April 14th on Netflix with 14 episodes. Oh my God, that is that is huge news. I am excited. In fact, I need to. I, I, we're gonna have to uh, end the show uh, early today because I need to go and buy lots and lots of popcorn. I, <laughs> I, I need to get some. I need to get some uh, uh, goobers. I need to get all my movie snacks together because it is gonna be so much fun to be able to not only watch Mystery Science Theater but to binge watch Mystery Science Theater. Yes. Yeah. You know, we could, we could, you know, now here's one thing. I don't know if they're, well, that's Netflix's MO. They put everything all together. So I don't think they're releasing them episode at a time. I think it's just going to be all one, but that is going to be hot. You know what? Now that you mentioned that I need to basically try to speak something into existence. Um, (laughs) Now that you're talking about mystery science. We need to get Elvira back on TV or on streaming or something. It is 
a travesty that she's not on. Now, one outlet that to me needs to get her and uh, get her number on speed dial and get on bended knee and beg this woman to be a part of their network is Turner Classic Movies. They have an underground thing on the weekend, which is so Mm -hmm. fun, where they show slocky, crazy, (laughs) crazy bad movies. Why is Elvira not a part of that network? That is insanity. So so anybody who uh, happens to hear of this that may have some kind of power, or by if you don't actually have the power yourself, happen to be sleeping with somebody who has power. You need... (laughs) When you guys are basically, you know, enjoy, enjoying the afterglow, you need to lean in and whisper in their ear, you know what, baby? You know what would be really great? Is if you brought Elvira back to television. Get her back on. And if she and she and if she had access to the film vault at TCM, that would be incredible. So many incredible movies that she'd have to choose from and make fun of. So yeah, if we can bring back Mystery Science Theater, um, I don't know if we have to do a Kickstarter, Elvira, um, but if whatever it takes, you need to be on TV on a regular basis. See, when you say things like that, you have vo- volunteered yourself. <laughs> <laughs> to start my Kickstarter. I love you, but that was not me. That was one <laughs> Kevin Williams. At... You know what? I have no problem with uh, being behind it. If, if I could be, if I could play a pivotal role in getting Elvira back on TV, and by some twist of fate, because of my involvement in it, um, Elvira was to send me tons of personalized autograph merch in exchange for my uh, participation. You know, I just have to. Uh, that just be a cross I'd have to bear, I guess. I, I guess so. And what if she would, and if she would invite me to, like, you know, uh, guest star and maybe be a co-host for her first show, then I guess I'd have to be there. I guess. Oh, you're so martyr, martyrist. <laughs> you know what? I give it. I I do it all for the fans. It's all about them. So. I, guys, you just have to let Kevin work through the delusions. <laughs> so I just let him have that. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yes. <laughs> You are going to be Elvira. Yes. Yes, Kevin. Just, just do it. It's so much easier. Anyway, no, but Elvira, I'm serious. She needs to come back. So if we can do Mystery Science Theater, we can bring back Elvira. So it gets it's, it gives all of us Elvira fans hope that they brought, uh, that Mystery Science is coming back. But I can't wait for that. Is there a premiere date yet? Yeah, it is the 14th of April. Oh, my God. All right. It's just in time for Easter. It just <laughs> the time for Easter. Oh. It's like they oh great, just in time for Lent. I <laughs> but I'm like really really uh, I'm excited. So the cool thing is though there are a lot of people that are notable that are involved with it. For example, Dan Harmon and Joel McHale are among the writers, and Adam Savage from MythBusters is on the production side of things. So you've got some people that are that are involved with it that are pretty cool. And I'm excited because I love this and I can't wait to see what they do with it. Oh, it's going to be so fun. I can't wait. So, okay, now moving on, as we wrap up this segment, there are two shows that we need to talk about. In case you didn't know, for those of you who don't uh, know this show, the show Doubt, it took them two years and two tries to get on the CBS lineup. But it's been canceled after two weeks. Yeah, two glorious episodes and goodbye, adios. They were shown the door. They got Tamron Hauled. They got Tamron Hauled. So now Tamron Hall is a verb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or okay, were they Tamron Hauled or were they Megan Kelly? So <laughs> no, if they oh, were no, Megan, definitely not Kelly. Definitely not Megan Kelly. Yeah, because they were Megan Kelly, they'd be they would get a lot and they'd be paid a lot of money. Oh, they, they would have been signed up for a five-year contract, and they would have gotten someone else's. They would have gotten someone else's. They would have gotten Big Bang Theory's contract uh, a time slot and been been moved right in there. So they got they got Tamron home. Exactly. Well, speaking of time time slot, the show is effective pulled effective immediately. There's no okay. We're gonna ease it. Nope. Bye. There it's gone. Bye, Felicia. So this week, CBS is gonna air a repeat of Bull in the 10 p.m. slot. And then the second season of Criminal Minds Beyond Borders 
will slide permanently into their spot on Wednesday, starting March 8th, 8th rather, following a two-hour Survivor premiere. Now, that show is still on the air, Survivor? Yes, yeah, Survivor is like, it's in its like 29th season or something. Oh, it's yeah. ridiculous. I thought, I thought we got rid of it. Okay, well, apparently that can stand on its merit, but doubt can I don't. I just don't understand how after two episodes you can decide that you are not going to build an audience or not even try to build an audience. Oh no, they didn't even try. And and the the idea that I I, I did look at the ratings in the second episode. Um, had less viewers than the first one, but they didn't try and retool it or anything. It was just immediately yanked, and I I can't figure out why they didn't think it was even worthy of trying to uh, give it a chance. And this is just at this point, Catherine Heigl. I don't know what's going on with your agent. I don't know what's happening in your career. I hope your personal life is great. I know you have a husband and kids or whatever. I hope that's satisfying because acting just may not turn out to be your thing after all. Well, that's her own fault because according to reports or whatever, her bedside manner on set is not so great. Maybe she's grown since the days of Grey's Anatomy and we, because that was a hasty ass, excuse me, decision to leave Grey's. <laughs> oh yeah, no, well, no, but because remember, at that time, at, that was in the days of like twenty-seven dresses when she was supposed to be the she was supposed to be the new Meg Ryan, oh. and um, so she was going to go off to be a movie star. But then she started making movies with like Ashton Kutcher, and then America was all like, "Yeah, you know what? Maybe that movie star thing is something we might need to rethink." And um, <laughs> and then she yeah. um, had to slum it back uh, on television and. And she did a show, I can't remember what it was called, um, uh, that was on NBC that was, uh, God, what was it called? It was a Free Woodard played uh, the president on the show. Do you know what show I'm talking about that yeah, was on CBS? Face, but if you saw my face, you would know the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, anyway, the, uh, she did a show where uh, um, it was she was a special ops agent or something, and it was like an ongoing mystery where her uh, fiance, who had actually her fiance was um, uh, a free uh, Woodard's uh, son. And um, so anyway, the point is, I tried to watch that show and it was unwatchable. And for a show that has a free Woodard to be unwatchable for me, it has to be like super crappy. So <laughs> I could not get into that show, but I had like, you know, hopes that when they announced doubt was happening, that that might be, it might be a good show. The sad part is I actually had uh, put the episode on my DVR. I hadn't even had a chance to watch it and it's already canceled. So at you least I didn't get emotionally it. invested in it, in it in any kind of way. It's like, meh, because you didn't, you didn't even get invested now, the thing is, Doubt made headlines because they cast Laverne Cox in a key role. So this makes her, well, made her, the first transgender series regular on a primetime broadcast drama. Network television, yeah. Correct. The funny Isn't thing it? the funny thing is, I just saw, the, to show you how, how recently this whole cancel thing uh, went down, I just saw Laverne Cox, I think on like on TV, like uh, uh, on Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday of last week on a talk show talking about how she had done her very first love scene and um, talked about what that was like and how she's excited about what, what where the story is going to lead for her character on the show. So I hope that there's someone writing some fan fiction for her so she can find out how it all comes to an end because she will not be acting it out there will be no more scripts or this is when laverne hear me you cannot rely on folks to always bring things to you this is when you get creative and start producing and start directing and making things so that you can be in them as well just saying just putting the bug in your ear Yes, Laverne, you need to produce uh, produce and create your own network television show and hope that it, too, isn't canceled after only two episodes. You know what? That was ugly. Laverne, that was not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were the one telling her to pick herself up from her own, like, I don't know, bootstraps. And, uh, yes, and... Because this kind of stuff keeps happening. If you wait 
for opportunities, they may not come. You have to create opportunities. So I'm hoping that Laverne gets this and starts to create opportunities. Well, isn't Laverne still, is, is it, did it, wait, did her character get bumped off of no, Orange is the New Black? He's still on Orange is the New Black, but again, which, which brings us to this next point. Did you watch How to Get Away with Murder? Yes, I did. Okay, tell me, tell me, tell me. It was an incredible finale. The ending of who the actual who actually killed Wes. They one thing I love about that show is they are so all about Twitter. They come up with these incredible hashtags <laughs> that just get get you yanked into the show. And I can't wait for the next episode. So the whole kill who killed Wes mystery because there was at first part of the season was the who's under the sheet because one of the main cast members is under the sheet and. Viola Davis, even though she hadn't gotten her Oscar yet, she was basically campaigning for it. When they pulled that sheet, uh, when she, uh, there's a huge fire in her house that killed one of her students, and they pulled the sheet back, and we just see her reaction to seeing this person who's been burned uh, to death. And she lets out this blood-curdling scream I will never forget. And so the whole first half of the season mystery was who was under the sheet. Then we find out who was under the sheet. Wes was under the sheet. And then the mystery is who killed Wes. And it was revealed. And we've given away so much. At least I've given away so much right here. I don't want to say any more in case people that have DVR, because we didn't give any kind of spoiler alert warnings. Well, I mean, at this point, you know who's under the sheet. If you don't know who's under the sheet now, that's on you. Wes was under the sheet. know who we are. You know we might spoil some ish for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I won't say who the killer turned out to be, but it was an incredible twist. I did not see it coming. I have to give Shonda Rhimes and the entire writing team and the cast of every single show, but particularly with How to Get Away with Murder, you are none the wiser because that takes incredible writing skill to interweave the plot lines of each character so much that it's like, oh yeah, it could be this person. Oh, well, no, but oh yeah, it's this person where you are suspecting every bloody person because everybody had a motive, anybody could have done, anything could have happened, and then you're like, oh damn, really? I was, my mouth was open at, at the final reveal. Oh yeah, no, the, the show, the, the script had more red herrings than a fish market. It was incredible. <laughs> the, the show was so twisty and so, so many twists and turns. What'd you say? You and your 1960s idioms. <laughs> I'm a classic man. Anyway, um. <laughs> wow. Wow. Anyway, it was incredible. I cannot wait for the next season. And, uh, and good thing we, we do know that there will be another season of How to Get Away with Murder. The whole Thursday night lineup that's owned by Shonda Rhimes has already been renewed for uh, the 2017-2018 TV season, which I could not be more excited about. Absolutely. So these people have jobs for at least two more years. Oh, exactly. So they don't, <laughs> unlike Laverne Cox, they don't need to find their own way. Exactly. Well, Shonda Rhimes made her way, so watch and learn, watch and learn. So that's all I have for, for the news. So All right, so now that we're done with the news, Tachi, it is time for me to ask you, what are you currently watching right now? Ooh, okay. So, you know, BET has gotten really good with doing more original programming, and so I said, okay, I'm going to see this. So what I've been watching is a show called The Quad, so it's a drama created by Felicia Henderson, and it it actually just premiered this month, the beginning of this month, February 1st, and it stars Anika Noni Rose, and you'll know her as the voice of the, the princess from The Princess of the Frog. She's been in, ooh, the number one ladies detective agent. She's been in a bunch of different things, and she's on power. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so she's a great actress, and she stars as Dr. Eva Fletcher, who's a newly elected president of a fictional HBCU. And for those of you who don't know, HBCU is a historically black college or university. So it's called GAMU for Georgia A&M. Now, Anika Noni Rose is an alum of FAMU in Tallahassee, Florida, which is an HBCU. So I'm like, "Mm, parallels there. I'm sure they called it GAMU for a reason. Plus it's shot in Georgia and there's, they have amazing, um, 
tax incentives. That's why everybody shoots there. So, but in any, any case, it uh, it's it, it's Jasmine Guy is part of this. Jasmine Guy stars in this as well. So we'll know Jasmine Guy from a different world. We'll oh my gosh, she cannot stay. World. She cannot stay out of traditionally black colleges. She exactly, exactly. This is her forte. So here's the thing I, I will say. She, if you're expecting a reprise of a different world, this is not it, okay? This is not what you're going to get. So this isn't just a, a dramatic, sexier version of a different world? It, it, well, sexier, definitely. But it, yeah, no, it's not just a repatch of a different world. Because I think a different world, every episode tried to make a point. Whether it was funny or whatever, there there was a moral. They were like morality plays in a sense. And I, 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 you know, a different world is during my time. A different world was responsible for getting that, and school days were responsible for getting so many students to HBCUs and getting them to consider going to historically black colleges and universities. This is not that type of party. Well, I'll just really quickly tell you some of the things. Anika Noni Rose, as I said, she's Dr. Eva Fletcher. And we see her like in the first few episodes and you're wondering what's going on. There's a strain in her marriage. Her daughter talks to her crazy and all disrespectful. Well, it turns out that's because she had been cheating on her husband with a grad student as a, she was the president of that, you know, was she the president of the provost? I can't remember. But I, she was the president of, the, of that university, a small like liberal arts college and a PWI or predominantly white institution. And she started sleeping with or having an affair with one of the grad students in a PhD program there. So, of course, it was found out. She was ousted, well, not ousted, asked to resign, as they often do. (laughs) (laughs) You're not being ousted. We're just asking you to leave immediately. Exactly, which is really get the hell out. Okay, (laughs) She was told to get the hell out and is on this journey to see and not only get the hell out of the university, her husband is like, get the hell out of this house. Okay, so you see her and she's she's applying to all these different places and not getting any any callbacks. And she's frustrated. And her husband is like, you know, you know, I'm sorry, you're you know, you're basically being blackballed, but you still have to leave by the end of the week. So it's this whole thing there. And I, I don't remember it's Philadelphia or where, but she ends up moving down to Atlanta, takes the daughter with her. The daughter does not want to go uh, and because it's going to be free for her to go to school there, but does not want to be there. Um, and so it just really goes through the life like that. Now, here is my issue with the quad. The issue is that there is an inordinate amount of time spent on the band and the football team and not a lot on the academics of things. So, you know, the, they have this whole thing of uh, excellence, tradition, and something else. That's their motto. So they talk about that. But thus far, this is now, I think we're on episode um, episode four is this week. We They talk about that, but we've not seen narrow. No, I'm lying. We saw a flashback in terms of academics in the classroom. And we've seen a couple of things. But most of it has been about this band <laughs> and the football team. Now, having gone yeah, to a you know what, why what? shouldn't a fictionalized university be any different from real life universities? The focus is always on the football team. You know, you're right. No, you are right. You are right. And I'm not saying that what is happening is a lie, but there's a having gone to an HBCU and taught at HBCUs. My our students can swim circles around anybody any day of the week. And so I look, when I look at these HBCUs, you know, in real life that are winning these, these different competitions, these, uh, these tech competitions that are, you know, doing all these things. Now, they start to talk a little bit about more about that this week they started or last week, rather, they started talking a little bit more about that. But, you know, unlike with the different world where you saw them in the classroom, you saw them debating things, you saw them having these deep conversations, you were like, yes. Yes, brother, brother, sister, sister. That's not what you get here. So there's a lot. One of the first things is uh, Sydney is the pres- Eva's daughter, the president's daughter. So she is at a fraternity party. That's another thing, a huge thing. She's at a fraternity party. She gets drunk and starts making out with this other girl. And so they're recording it. And later this is going to be tried to use to blackmail Eva, the president. Because there's also a whole thing with um, 
not not well it's a patriarchal system but misogyny that's it there's this whole thing with misogyny as well a lot of people and this is real this is true a lot of people don't like the fact when there is a woman president at the helm so you'll have men that'll try to do things to oust and get them out or at least get them to fall into line so that's very real if you talk to any female administrator not just from HBCUs, but, you know, since this is an HBCU, they will tell you the trials and tribulations they've been through. So I think this really does reflect the things that can go on when it comes to gender politics. But yeah. I... Go ahead. No, I'm say, but, but can you really blackmail a girl, girl-on-girl kiss in 2017? What, what does this take place? In 2017, is that even shocking that we have video of uh, the, you know, the president of the university's daughter kissing some other girl? Um, yes, and a black Methodist or any church-related college it is. Ugh. You have to understand, this is, it, black colleges are very traditional it's only very recently that a lot of them started to have co-ed doors because before you did not, you did not take guys up to your room. You saw them in the very traditional, especially most uh, HBCUs are in the South. So there's this Southern gentility and a lot of them were built by like the AME church, etc. So I'm not sure if this is a church school, but yeah, the things that are acceptable at other institutions are not as accept, uh, you know, acceptable there. So to wrap it up, there's a lot of there's a lot of showing of what some aspects of college life are like, but I don't think it's a fully accurate I shouldn't say accurate, but a full portrayal of of what can happen. So the band, hugely important at HBCUs. Let me tell you, at HBCUs, nobody stays for the whole football game. You leave after halftime because you only came to see the band. And that's true. <laughs> well, that speaks to probably why the focus on the show seems to be about the football team and the band. So they're yeah, absolutely, but that's not that's not reality. That's uh, I don't know. I'm, maybe okay, Tachi, this, it, this isn't a documentary. This is <laughs> this is. I needed to read that. It sounds TV. like it's a college-based soap. It's a, a college-based nighttime soap opera. It is, but so I'll say this. This is not just my feeling. This has been the feeling of a lot of people to the point where I can't remember which university it was. Was it not Hampton or South Carolina? I can't remember. But there is a historically black college where the president wrote to uh, BET and the producers of this show to express his disappointment with the portrayal of HBCUs. So it and there's been all sorts of think pieces. There's been all sorts of things all over social media about this. There are people who either love. I'm a part of a couple of groups where they've been talking about it. So they either love it and recognize the issues for what they are. Like there's one part where she uses her own money to pay the school's water bill because they haven't paid it. Well, you know what that president of that university needs to do? He needs to call Laverne Cox, and they need to get together and get their put their uh, put their boots on and get pull their own bootstraps up and come up with their own show <laughs> that they can both be happy with. So that's the way to do it. Exactly. So ending this part up, I think I think the show has some potential, but I would like to see them develop as as institution as an institution rather than it just continue to be about the band and the football team well maybe if they could have some like shirtless math competitions or something then maybe they would actually want to film that that is so wrong <laughs> that is so non-academic i wouldn't complain but it's non-academic <laughs> so we're gonna right, move on well we're can- gonna- can people actually watch oh. back episodes to catch up with the show um, online? Yeah, thanks for reminding me. So you can uh, watch back episodes at B, the, on the BET app or BET.com. And, of course, you do have to sign in uh, with your cable provider to be able to access the app. But you can watch from the first episode on BET.com or the BET app. Oh, wow. All right. Thanks so much for sharing that, Tachi. Absolutely. Thank you. So we're going to move on to the final segment of the show. And this is where we are both watching a new program that is premiered. And so I'm going to let Kevin tell you a little bit about what we watched this week. All right. So this week we watched the show uh, Z, The Beginning of Everything, which is a new show, uh, a 10 episode show that uh, is on 
uh, Amazon Prime. It's available on Amazon Prime Video. So you don't have to be a Prime member to watch it. They now have Amazon Video standalone service. So you can either be a Prime member that pays, you know, for the uh, a year's worth of, of having Amazon Prime, or you can just get the standalone Prime Video. Christina Ricci plays Zelda Sayer, an adventurous 18-year-old woman who dreams and ambitions seem to be a little bit too big for her 1918 Montgomery, Alabama hometown and her pillar of the community father, Judge Anthony Sayer. Zelda's father's attempts to control his future flapper wild child fall flat, but, you know, good luck trying to put a leash on a girl who's rumored to have the most kissable mouth in town. During a going-away dance for soldiers leaving for France to fight in World War I, Zelda meets an unpublished novelist, F. Scott Fitzgerald. He basically was a fan fi- writing fan fiction before fan fiction was actually a thing. Zelda and Scott's uh, sexual and cerebral attraction grows deeper as the time they have before Scott is sent to the front lines of France grows shorter. So... Tachi, what did you think of the show? Oh, and before you tell us what you think about the show, we normally watch two episodes of every show that we review. And um, I actually watched three episodes of this show because it's only a half hour per episode. So, Tachi, what did you think? Well, first of all, I beat you because I watched four. <laughs> <laughs> you always have to be so damn conscientious. I do. I do. But like you said, they were only half an hour. And so once you get started rolling with them, it's like, oh, okay. It, it's not like, you know, sometimes we'll watch an hour program and it's like, it feels like you've watched something for an hour, but you really want the resolution for what happened at the end of the last episode. So you end up watching more and it really is very easy to watch. I got, I like period pieces. So I got lost in the world of 1918 Montgomery and later then 1918 or is it 19 by this point where well, I'm not sure yeah well but, it, it actually spans a couple of years the first few episodes it's, it's about two years I think pass in the first few episodes correct okay so this now is probably might be like 1920 and so we're, we've come into the age of the roaring 20s where she actually then moves to New York uh it's is I was just really taken. I was watching the costumes intently. And there was one scene in, I don't remember which episode, because I was just really watching. So there was one episode, she goes into a store, and she's in Montgomery, and she admires a dress. It's a green uh, green dress. And she's like, oh, this is really nice. And the store proprietor is like, would your mother let you wear something? Are you sure your mother will let you wear something so short? Trying to be, you know, like snooty and, you know, snobbish about it. And she's like, uh, what, what did she say? She said something to the effect of, well, the things in this, she said, is this current? And she said, this was shown by whatever designer it was. Coco in, Chanel. Uh, Coco Chanel, that's right. In Coco Chanel's last show. And she said something really snide to the effect of, well, you can really only get good current stuff like in New York or whatever and just walked out and basically like, I bid you good day and, and left. <laughs> so that was really a testament to her spunkiness. She does what she likes, when she likes, regardless of who tells her otherwise. Her father is a judge and obviously if he's a judge, he's very prominent in Montgomery. And in the South, position is everything. And also it showed, even though position is everything, it was not, it was education, higher ed was not as value, valued. And you could see from the way some of the people, uh, the, the one guy that she started dating eventually, that gave her his pin. Yeah, basically it was about the, it was about money and position, uh, money and position not were the most important things and being from the right family. From the right family, money and position, and being Protestant, <laughs> because her father makes a big deal about him being Catholic. 
Irish Catholic at that and, you know, wanting to be a writer. Well, as far as the whole period thing, I have to say they um, the rumors are that uh, Amazon spent a lot of money on this and it shows oh. the, the show is beautiful. And if you're going to do a period piece, you got to get the details right. There are so many things about the set and like when they're sitting down to dinner, I mean, you can almost feel the freshly starched linens when you're watching it. it it's so beautiful looking and they are actually on location um uh in the south as they're filming this and it the south has never looked more beautiful than it does in this show it is absolutely gorgeous there's a scene where uh she's walking uh with uh with f uh, f scott fitzgerald they're walking he's walking her home i believe and it is so picturesque, the streets that they walk down, the cobblestone streets. Um, there's a scene when she's running uh, somewhere in the rain that is so beautiful. There's another scene where they're, where uh, she's walking through a graveyard. So they take advantage of all the history and all the scenery that, uh, that you know, uh, the South has to offer. And um, I really appreciated that. And I, when it comes to Christina Ricci, there is something about her face that she was basically made in a laboratory to be in period pieces. Yes. So, something about her. She doesn't look like she's of this time. And she, she and she has those giant eyes that are so crazy. She has those anime eyes She <laughs> that are so expressive. And um, the only question to me is, I was wondering if you had an issue with this. The character At the beginning of the show, she the, ep- the, uh, the, the first episode, the character is like 18 years old. And Christina Ricci is not. Did you have any issue with that? Or did it, did, did it not bother you that she is uh, significantly older than the teen that she's playing? So two things I could, I was, I looked, I'm like, this, this girl's not 18 because she did not look 18. You know what I'm saying? Even though she's smaller and she does have a youthful face, you don't look 18 youthful, but that didn't bother me as much because what Hollywood has tended to do is to use older people to play younger roles. So you just kind of get used to this person looks a little bit older than, so I was used to it. So it didn't bother me that much. Yeah, and another thing when it comes to like um, when you do a, any kind of bio kind of uh, pick or television show, normally it spans such a wide uh, uh, amount of time in someone's life that normally they get somebody who's in the middle. They start playing the character younger than they are, then they play the character up to the age they act the actor actually is, and then they're playing the character you know into like when they're like fake graying their hair into their you know. Uh, older years so I guess Christina Ricci is right in the middle and will and and I think that she's going to play her depending on if the show is renewed all through her life yeah absolutely absolutely now here is something about the show usually so I was a little like okay when 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 I heard the show I'm like okay F. Scott Fitzgerald whatever we're talking about worrying 20s and it's not really about him per se it's about Zelda but you know he's a major part of her life South Montgomery, Alabama, 1918-1919, plantation-style houses. I was like, something is about to go wickedly wrong, and I don't know if I'm going to like this, because you know with plantation houses comes who? The hell. So I was not <laughs> wanting to, I was not, I didn't know if I was going to feel this at first. But the scenes with, and obviously the people who had help, they had black help. In, in the South, that, that that's neither here nor there. But the scenes were so limited of the four episodes that I saw with the, the Black help that they had that it wasn't made a big deal of, so I was a little more at ease, if that makes any sense, because I didn't feel like being bothered with the whole racial tension thing. Well, I think that the producers agreed with you on that. I don't know. I'm on the fence when it comes to that kind of thing, because the the the... I feel like it can kind of be like, oh God, for lack of a better term, whitewashing history when you kind of play it like, well, you know, everything was cool and the the housekeeper is, you know, the, how she's treated, no one's rude to her or anything like that. And I do, I did like the fact that the, the woman that they have playing the housekeeper, that 
she didn't talk in like what I would consider to be a racist kind of like accent or like, you know, some kind of, you know, you know, a mammy from Gone with the Wind kind of deal. Um, They didn't have her uh, sounding like that. So I appreciated that was a nice touch. But, um, you know, they I think they're going to steer clear of that altogether. And by the end of um, episode three, Zelda's already on her way to, uh, to New York City. And to be honest with you, um, because it's a television show, they have time to kind of play it out and give us a, a taste of, of the small town life that Zelda is itching to get away from. And to be honest, by the end of episode, like, you know, uh, two, I too could not wait to get out of the small town and head to the big city and see what lied in store, uh, for, uh, Zelda there because the town is pretty sleepy. But one thing I will say, because they keep, everybody kept talking about how wild and how bad Zelda was in her town and i'm thinking well she doesn't seem that wild and that bad but there was one scene i'm like that that they no one else acted like it was crazy wild but it seemed wild to me where zelda and her two friends basically park in front of a brothel and every time every time some man from their town basically starts to go walk into the brothel they turn their headlights and yell out we see you zachary taylor (laughs) we're gonna tell your mama (laughs) so that was crazy that they kept doing that and they just sat there and kept doing it like calling out one man after the other that was going into the town brothel you know why the whole thing is after the war so what they were doing christina ricci was going zelda her character was going with her two friends well one because one's father was like no they went to these parties every night because during the war and that was world war one the soldiers there were soldiers that were stationed there in their town in Montgomery and so they had these parties just about every night and the two of them would go to these parties that was the excitement in Montgomery but to, today Montgomery Alabama is still a little sleepy so you can imagine back then so that was their entertainment to sit in front of the brothel and call people out because there was nothing else to do in Montgomery yeah and I hear, I hear they had really they had dial-up internet so yeah they didn't have a lot to do back then. <laughs> you know what I'll, I'll let you have that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From America Online. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but the, so, uh, and then uh, also Zelda is a part of the suffragette movement. So, um, there's, there, so if things are starting to pick up as far as in her time in, you know, her hometown. And, but one thing I, oh, one thing I definitely wanted to mention was I love the actress who plays her mother. Um, uh, I believe her mother was played by, uh, Kristen, uh, Nielsen, uh, played mm-hmm. Minnie, uh, 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 Sayer. I love how her father, her father basically is trying to, uh, control her and put a leash on her and to get her not to be so wild whereas her mother seems to basically kind of like you know all right if you're gonna do this let's you better sneak out of the window so your father doesn't see you her mother is as is as indulgent in her daughter's whims uh and almost kind of you you gotta get get the vibe that she's living vicariously through her um uh and her father is basically you know they, they kind of are opposite sides of the whole kind of uh, what created the the person that Zelda turns out to be. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I also think that her father realizes that he has no control over her after a while and has to leave her to her own devices. That is just too much. You remember at the beginning, he was really trying to rope her in. This family eats as a family at such and such a time. God forbid she's late. And there was always a scuffle whenever she was late. So there was really this strict reign of control over the entire family, if you think about it, because he was the patriarch, and that's a very traditional Southern family. But she was so not the traditional Southern girl, which is why Montgomery was too small for her. Yeah, so um, anyway, so why stop watching it when she's basically on her way to the big city? So um, you got a chance to see a little bit of her in New York, and... Um, um, it'll be interesting to see where the show goes. So I guess at this point, it's time for me to ask the question that I ask you every well, before week. Before you ask it, before you ask it, I just wanted to say that this is so not Wednesday Adams, Christina Ricci. So, and if you ask me, every time I've seen Christina Ricci, she still looks like Wednesday Adams to me. But there was a huge turnaround in terms of 
her look and, and just everything. I think she's actually beautiful in that she reminds me a little bit of, you know, the, I can't remember the actress who plays Claire, who played Clara, Doctor Who's uh, companion, the last companion Peter Capaldi had. But her face reminds me a little bit of that. So she's, she's just really grown into this beautiful soul and her face emanates that. So that's what I wanted to say. Well, Christina Ricci, to me, is really a, she's really a good actress. Uh, Yeah, she's, Wednesday Adams is very much in the rearview mirror. In fact, she did a show for Lifetime that I could not believe I got into, but it was, it was really, in fact, I may have to mention that show uh, the next time we do a Guilty Pleasure show. Um, There was a show on Lifetime, uh, Lizzie Borden Chronicles. Oh. That show was everything, and it starred Christina Ricci. First, initially, it was a TV movie about her you know playing lizzie borden and the uh infamous incident where lizzie borden you know uh you know the 40 wax and all that you know basically dispatching her parents um and so um they turned it into a series it was so good it was so fun and it was another period piece basically when you put that when you put a corset on christina ricci you're in for a good time so um so shout out to the chronicles of lizzie lizzie borden chronicles check that out if you can so Back to my original question that I ask you every week, Tachi. So, what are you going to do when it comes to Z, the beginning of everything? Are you going to keep watching or are you going to change the channel? I'm going to keep watching. I've been drawn in. They've shown me that it's not going to be Song of the South slavery. So, (laughs) I'm going to keep watching. (laughs) So, there's no Burr Rabbit in this? No Burr Rabbit, Burr Fought, none of that. No ignorance, so I'm good. I, I'm I'm actually really liking it, which is why I just wanted to keep going. So I like it. I'm gonna keep watching. Well, I I am gonna uh, I have to give it a tentative keep watching. I'm gonna watch a few more and see how I like it in New York because that's where all the wild times are supposed to start coming, and we're gonna see her really kind of let loose. She was she was somewhat hemmed in by the conventions of the of the town that she was from, but when she gets set free in New York, I think it's gonna be all kinds of debauchery, and I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit of that. So I'm kind of I'm gonna keep watching, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna have to see. If it give the show has a lot of promise, but I feel like I haven't like it hasn't like reached the heights that I need for the show to continue to say I'm going to watch all ten episodes. Yeah, you know what the thing is. Well, again, I've only gone to episode four. It seems like it will start to build and grow. And the good thing is that these are only half hour episodes, so. Oh, you're right. You know what, Taji? That's a really important thing to mention. I, you, you really, it's so easy to watch because, like, I started watching episode one, and then poof, it was over, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, I thought I assumed it was an hour, and I was surprised that it was like in little half hour nuggets, and so it's very easily digestible, and you really can kind of like you can catch an episode here, catch an episode there, because obviously there's no commercials on uh, Amazon Prime, and so you can just like knock them out. So um, if it picks up, like I think it's going to because let's face it zelda fitzgerald had an incredible life and an incredibly exciting groundbreaking life and a wild life so it'll it'll be pretty hard for them to like make her life once she's in uh and uh, gets out of uh, her small town boring absolutely okay cool so you're tentative but you're gonna see if you keep watching yeah cool beans all right so that does it for uh, surprisingly that does it for us today <laughs> Because we're famous for going over time because we're having such a good time. But we were really succinct today, probably because we got, you know, all of everything out that we needed to get out. Yeah, that was was a smart move having an Oscar special. So that way we could focus on other uh, entertainment news this week besides the Oscars. Absolutely. So that's it. Like I said, for us, we're so appreciative of you tuning in every week and, you know, putting up with our Oscar special, which we hope you enjoy and we do this all for you. So thank you for listening. Oh yeah, we really appreciate it. And speaking of appreciation, we would really appreciate if, you know, we love you listening to the show, but we'd love it if you would also subscribe to the show. And we would also love it if you if you enjoyed the show, please leave a review. That would really mean a lot to us. And if you didn't enjoy the show, why are you still listening? You listen for a whole hour. Why are you still listening to the show? <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, one other thing I want to mention is um, if you'd like to tell us anything about the show or you have any questions, if you'd like to tell us what shows you'd like us to review, uh, any questions about us us uh, or the show, feel free to ask it on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, uh, we're on Facebook. We are on Instagram and we're on Snapchat and we're TV channeling everywhere so feel free to do that and uh, we look forward to hearing from you our next episode we're going to be reviewing the new hulu show national treasure oh that sounds so precious <laughs> so i'm looking forward to that did we tell them about the platforms they can listen to the show on? no we did not that's on you okay so you can find us on stitcher on itunes on soundcloud and also on Podbean. And if you go to tvchanneling.com, it will take you right to Podbean and you can listen. But like Kevin said, go ahead and leave a review if you like the show. And like he said, if you didn't like it, no need. <laughs> no need. Just go on about your business. <laughs> Never you mind. So once again, thank you for listening. And we're going to sign off. So I'll say goodbye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. Because if you're watching it, we're talking about it. Cheers. Bye.